the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Rebecca Tower 2 at 10.02. I'm Randy Corcoran. You're a pumped-up purveyor of principled, passionate patriotism. If you weren't with us in the first hour, you may have missed the announcement that I will be moving to evenings starting on September 10th at 5 p.m. on Saturdays. Peter Boyles will be taking over this slot from 9 to noon. Again, that starts September the 10th. So next Saturday will be my last show with you from 9 to noon. And um, it's a mixed blessing for me because I love the slot. I love the energy, the calls, the texts. They're just nonstop. And the way people are responding, um, you feel the same way. But uh, what a great opportunity to uh, put a radio icon back on the air. And uh, I guess he got tired of retirement. There was an article in Westward. I've known about this change for a few weeks, but um, uh, Westward put out a story about it last Wednesday, and that's when my phone and text messages started blowing up. And it was just interesting because um, they talked about, you know, Peter and was bored with retirement and how great it is to come back. And, um, of course, he talks a bit about uh, his view of the world and the things that he's going to want to talk about, but not one single word about what was going to happen to me. So people were just calling in or texting me and and uh, calling and saying, hey, what's going on? And so um, I did reach out to uh, Michael Roberts, the author and the interviewer who put that story out and just asked him, hey, man, why didn't, uh, why didn't you talk to me or, you know, get my side in? And I got to tell you, uh, Michael Roberts uh, never caught him in a lie have no reason not to think he's a straight shooter. He had a very plausible explanation for uh, why that story rolled out the way it did, and, and that is absolutely fine. But, uh, you know, if you can't do five to eight, uh, we'll see. We'll see how the calls and the enthusiasm are in the evening slot there, but you always got the podcasts. And I know that podcasts, uh, they live on. I get calls and texts and emails throughout the week from people who just listened to something we did that last Saturday. And um, so that'll be good as well. We're going to jump to the phones here in just a second, but I do think it's important. I've mentioned it several times. It's the least covered in the mainstream and corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machines, but um, probably the most important revelation in recent weeks, far more important than the trumped-up, ridiculous, illegal, unnecessary, and unprecedented raid on Mar-a-Lago. Oh, it's not a raid. It's just a service of a search warrant. Okay. Show up with, uh, you know, 30 cops, guns and badges, throw the lawyers out, throw everybody out, (laughs) ransack the house. But you don't want to call it a raid because, you know, it's just, that's what you do to drug dealers, I guess, not former presidents of the United States. That's, uh, that was just a a visit, an execution of a search warrant. And I, I do have the affidavit, what you can see of it in front of me. I hope we get a chance to talk about it before this show is over. But Mark Zuckerberg, he of the $400 million that was pumped into our 2020 election system, much of it through an organization called CTCL, which uh, coincidentally made grants available to 
you know, everybody, Republicans and Democrats alike, but somehow, for some reason, curiously, 90 plus percent, it's 92 or 93 percent of that grant money went into districts that were ultimately won by creepy, sleepy, zombie Joe Biden, the putative president of the United States, in battleground states. But, you know, nothing to see there. However, this revelation by Mark Zuckerberg with Joe Rogan, the most widely listened to and watched podcast, I believe, uh, on the Internet right now, is pretty darn stunning. How do you guys handle things when they're a, a big news item that's controversial? Like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The New York Yeah, we Post. had that too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some, some folks on our team, and was like, hey um, – just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of of um uh of, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What, what we do is we have um. If something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we, we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being, um, being determined whether it was false. Um, that is the first of three clips. The other two are shorter, but uh, uh, let's just unpack that real quickly. The FBI came to us and said, we saw a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election, and we think that you should be aware there may be some new Russian propaganda coming out um, very, very soon. That was late October, just before the November 2020 election. And so almost immediately, those of us who were willing to talk about it, who were willing to look into it, who read up on the Steele dossier and all of the nonsense – uh, John Roberts, who we'll hear from uh, a little bit later, the reporter from Just the News, a founder of Just the News, um, dug into it early. Jim Jordan in Congress, Devin Nunes in Congress, exposed the nonsense of Russia, Russia, Russia collusion in the 2016 election. And it's funny, isn't it, that Zuckerberg, who later we found out accepted Russian misinformation advertising on Facebook – Turns out they only spent about $100,000. So it's, it's all a bunch of nonsense about influencing the election that way. But, uh, but he accepted that advertising. The FBI shows up in October before the November 2020 election, tells him, you know, we had a lot of that misinformation in 2016. We think there's some coming your way now. So when um, you say the distribution has decreased, in, it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It basically, the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less. So just to pause for a second, what he's saying is, yeah, we didn't censor it. We didn't cut it out like Twitter did. We just suppressed it. We just slowed it down. So fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely – By what percentage? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's, it's, it's me. You know that's a lie. The dude is a walking algorithm manufacturer. 
He lives in the world of mathematics. He knows every statistic under the sun. He knows the level of suppression. Remember the New York Post came out with – and what we're talking about – I should have said this. What we're talking about is the Hunter Biden laptop. We've got the laptop. We've got the diary. We've got the daughter talking about taking inappropriate showers with daddy Joe Biden. But the laptop – had been in the possession of the FBI since December of 2019, and they buried it. They buried it. And then when they found out the story was coming out in the New York Post, they went to Facebook and said, oh, oh, we just want you to be aware there was a lot of misinformation in 2016 from Russia. And uh, we think that there may be a release of similar misinformation coming from Russia Again, so Zuckerberg, of course, being the dutiful little socialist and big tech oligarch that he is, jumped right in to suppress that thing. Meaningful, but I mean, but basically, a um, a lot of people were still able to share it. We got a lot of complaints that that was the case. Um, you know, obviously, this is a hyper political issue. So depending on what side of the political spectrum, you either think we didn't censor it enough or censored it way too much. But right. but we weren't sort of as black and white about it as, as Twitter. We just kind of thought, hey, look, if, if the FBI, which you know, I still view as a legitimate institution in this country, it's a very professional law enforcement. They come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something Then I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I, no, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was. It basically fit the pattern. Now, did you hear that? Hear, hear, hear it again. Say so you need to be on guard about that story. I, I no, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was. It basically fit the pattern. Did they say you needed to be on guard about that story, the Hunter Biden laptop story? Say so you need to be on guard about that story. I, I no, I, I don't remember if it no, was that specifically, no. but it was. It basically fit the pattern. No, I don't think so. I don't remember if they were talking specifically about the Hunter Biden. La- what a bunch of crap! What a lying fool! And if you watch the video and just look at his face, you know he, he's got a pretty good poker face, kind of that weird look um, that people who live in algorithms. The world they live in, I think. I don't know. But he's lying. You know he's lying, my opinion, defamation lawyers. Oh, I'm not sure if it was the Hunter Biden story. Just one more time. So you need to be on guard about that story? I, I No, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was. it basically fit the pattern. <laughs> wow. The biggest revelation about the corruption and the political influencing from the highest levels of our government, government, including the so-called premier law enforcement organization, the FBI, and mainstream talk radio, and, of course, the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine, don't talk about it at all. Wow. We do have the affidavit here, but I promised some phone calls. Let's get to some calls right now. We'll start with Tim in Aurora. Tim, sorry for the wait. Welcome to the show. 
Hey, no problem at all, Randy. Um, five to eight works for me listening to your show. I don't go out partying on Saturdays anymore. So <laughs> You know, before you, before you get to the purpose of your call, let me just respond to that because it works well for me too. I am not out in late evenings on Saturday unless, you know, like last week I emceed the uh, Boulder County Lincoln Day dinner and, you know, get a fill-in host or play a rerun or do something if I have a, a Saturday event. But most of the time I'm home. Saturday evenings or with the grandkids, with the family. Um, but what's been difficult for me is missing these races that are happening on Sunday morning or Saturday morning. So um, from that perspective, it's kind of a plus for me. And I'm glad to know that you'll still be listening. I'm very interested to see how many people like you come along. Oh, I think you're going to have most of your listening audience uh, listening to you in the evenings for sure. Yeah, Randy, I heard you mention the uh, word patriot being bandied about in a negative way. And I think I might have heard the same reference you did. Uh, the individual was uh, comparing people using the word patriot to people in the French Revolution calling each other citizen and Bolsheviks calling each other comrade. And to me, that was a, a not-so-subtle way of comparing the America First movement and pro-Trump people to people who were involved in genocidal movements. Yeah, you're talking about a commentary that was released that said we should be very, very cautious about using the word patriot and then equated it to those same terms that you so uh, perfectly explained to folks. Uh, and, and I agree. I think that was the same thing. To, and I don't know about you. Um, you know, Rush Limbaugh long ago, and I played the clip last Saturday or maybe it was uh, a couple days before on the, when I filled in for Stefan Tubbs, but uh, I played – Rush Limbaugh talking about we should get away from the word conservative and the word constitution because in certain places um, the left has done such a good job of demonizing those words. And I, I don't know about you. I just refuse to back away from from uh, I know what I mean when I say certain things. And I think our job is to remind people, educate people, and persuade people, not continue to cater to the left and adjust our language accordingly. Well, there'll be no end to it. Of adjusting the language, true. Because if you cave on one term, then they'll expect they'll say, "Hey, that worked." We'll make them cave on the next one, and you'll be constantly retreating, constantly playing defense. So it's ridiculous. And to me, the, for the individual to make that kind of comparison, that's uh, as shrill as anything I've heard from the shrillest leftist. And it's a, a perfect example to me of Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah. It's true. Well, you hear about shoots and works, and maybe it's uh, maybe it's all part of a plan. I just don't know. But um, maybe I. Uh, hey, well, Randy, I'll, I'll definitely be listening uh, starting on the tenth. So, uh, best of luck in the new slot, and I think you're going to do well. And I think uh, you might surprise some people ratings wise on Saturdays. Well, it'll be interesting. I've never known about ratings, but boy, oh boy, I'll tell you, text messages, full lines, and uh, and the follow-up I get after the shows has been very, very rewarding for me, and I'm grateful. It'll be interesting to see if we can translate that into a, a Saturday night show. So thank you for that, Tim. I really do appreciate it. Talk to you later. All right. Man, oh, man, I just can't believe the text messages pouring in, including this is something I will definitely miss. In fact, all of you who hold me accountable to my horrific habit of misstating people's names. Um, man, I hope you come over to Saturday Night's Five. I mean, of course, listen 9 to noon on Saturdays, but I hope you also add 5 to uh, five to 7, 5 to 8, 
think the first few weeks that may be just a two-hour show, and we'll grow it after that. But, um, boy, I hope you come over to Saturday night because I got a text. Randy, John Roberts is the former White House correspondent for Fox News. John Solomon is the editor of Just the News. Thank you for that, Richard. You are absolutely right. The audio I have and hope to get to this um, before the show is over is from John Solomon, Just the News, who interviewed an FBI whistleblower who has has himself some concerns about this raid or, I mean, execution of a search warrant on Mar-a-Lago. And uh, we do plan to get into that. I want to get back to your calls, though, with full lines here in just one second. But people are calling in. What's the number? What's the number? Who do I call to get the discount tickets for tonight's Salute to America's Heroes? So let me run it down again. It's Salute to America's Heroes tonight, 5 to 10 p.m. at Infinity Park Event Center. Beautiful, beautiful place. Their international ballroom in Glendale with Bernie Carrick, former New York police commissioner. Uh, Our good buddy Tig Tigan, who just texted me, he'll be joining the show in the 11 o'clock hour. Dave Bray, the Navy veteran, now rock and roller, providing the music. And our own Stefan Tubbs emceeing the night's event. So it'll be full of Gold Star families. We had Cindy Dietz on, mother of fallen hero Danny Dietz, just a little while ago. And she informed us that if you now get your pen and pencil, I'll repeat it again, but get ready. Um, If you call this number and talk to Debbie, you can get a $50 ticket tonight. And all of these funds go to support American Military Family, uh, Inc., which is uh, helping... Um, patriots and veterans who are struggling with uh, with how they're feeling, depression, suicide, all of those good things. But the name is Debbie Quackenbush. I'm not even going to try to spell it, even though I have the spelling. Debbie Quackenbush, but the phone number, and I was told I'm free to give this out, 303-746-8195. 303-746-8195. I don't know if we were promoting this on 710. With Tubster there and everybody, I, I just it seems like it's something we would. But uh, I didn't know about it in time. I will not be able to attend, but I sure encourage you to go. Last time, Debbie at 303-746-8195, for a $50 ticket. That's more than, uh, well, that's almost a third of the... Um, individual ticket price. So I hope you can grab that and go. Let's try and squeeze in at least one more call before the break. We'll try with Jim in Littleton. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Randy. Um, uh, the reason I'm calling up is, is you know, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm thinking um, I, what you're going on the line concerning the whole thing of people being categorized as extremists. I'm beginning to think that anybody that is a Trump supporter, our federal government will be determined as an extremist. Um, you know, there's things, if we go down the list of what's happened, I just thought of a couple things. You know, look at what happened with uh, Whitmer, and yeah. that was done by the FBI. Right. Um, Snowden, who I consider a hero, exposed the NSA for spying primarily on Americans and not on foreigners. I mean, that's what our government was doing. The laptop being buried by the FBI. Um, and then we, we've just seen recently, parents that can, are concerned about their kids' education are now by the, are being monitored by the FBI as being considered extremists. I mean, this pattern is if you're a middle-class American who cares about your kids or your country, you're an extremist based on our federal government's actions thus far. 
But Jim, we we can't be critical of the FBI. It's just a few uh, you know political hacks at the top who've managed to work their ways in, and you know most of the FBI are just good people out there doing their job, right? I, I'm sorry, you know I that know. excuse has been used time and time again. And at a certain point, you have to decide: Do I want to be in an organization that is doing this, or do I uh, just want to get a paycheck, or I want to get a paycheck, or do I'm going to stand up for the ethics of the country? I think we've seen. In other countries, that excuse was used to do horrible things. Well, you went down the list. The the setup, um, the entrapment on the Whitmer kidnapping, which was, again, election-timed and election-related. Mm. And now we've just heard Mark Zuckerberg actually admitting that the FBI came to them and warned them about the Hunter Biden story. Could be more Russian disinformation, like all that Russian disinformation we had in 2016 uh, and then, of course, this uh, very interesting – I mean, this was top security data. I'm sure you've read the uh, affidavit of the search for Mar-a-Lago, what little of it you can see. And, and boy, it talks about nuclear secrets and uh, secret conversations with world dominators. And no, it doesn't. It's all nonsense. And it was so important that the Biden administration waited to have their DOJ take this action just a couple of months before an election. It was so crucial. It's been going on for two years. So mm. important to national security that it had to wait until election time. I, just the nonsense continues, and I'm done with it. We've got to call it out. I hope if Republicans yep. take back Congress that they defund the FBI until it is either replaced or reformed. Well, you know, I think that's a great example. And another point, look, I don't, we don't know how many of these January 6th people that entered the Capitol – we're told to go in. We don't know any information yet. Those people are being having the brick thrown at them and having to plead. And, you know, our federal government is now looking at us as the threat. And they're going to throw the, they're going to pull, throw the full weight of the government against us. I think people better be concerned about any sort of postings on social media. I would be, I'd be willing to bet some of those will be by the FBI trying to entrap people. Well, I'll tell you, I am not, uh, I, I just, I want people to do what they feel like they need to do to protect themselves and their families. But for me, part of that means not backing down, not shutting up, and and not living afraid. What's happening with the political prisoners? And again, I've never been in support of any violence that occurred on January 6th. It blew the whole process that was underway legally and constitutionally. I put an end to it, which is why it's easy to believe maybe this was part of a deep state scheme as well. But – I believe the federal government, the FBI, was involved with that as well. They have people instigating it that Ray Epps, I believe, somehow he is tied with the FBI. I believe these pipe bombers to the DNC and the Republican National Covenant, I believe they're tied to the FBI. Well, and until we find out, I have no trust in my government. Boy, absolutely. Jim, we're up against the wall, but I really do appreciate the call today and uh, hope you'll follow us to Saturday nights when we move on September 10th. I will do. God bless you, sir. 303-696-1971. Jim's line is open. We do have to take our break. We'll come back with Marshall. I've got some great audio from John Solomon and others, Ted Cruz. Uh, Of course, we'll hear the latest from the creepy, sleepy, putative president and, my God, keeper of the nuclear codes, Joe Biden, and um, just so much more if you stay with us. I'll give you that phone number again, too, when we come back, how you can get your discounted tickets to tonight's Salute to America's Heroes. So no reason to change the channel. Stay right here, 710 KNUS. Give me back my bullets. 
Oh, wait. Nobody ever took them. It's 1030. Welcome back. Wake up with Randy Corcoran. We're halfway through the show. Text message came in. What are you going to call the show when you move on September 10th to 5 p.m. on Saturday nights? And it's an interesting question because when I was offered the uh, morning drive slot on another station, my very first excursion into having my own show, and I talked to my wife about names and we talked about, we wound up Well, I should say, she told me I was going to name the show Wake Up with Randy Corcoran, and of course I did as I was told. And so, um, but we talked about, well, what happens if you move, you ever get to a different slot? You know, you move to a different time, and if you're going to build up that name. And uh, so my thinking all along, I've never done a night show before, but my thinking all along was Wake Up doesn't have to mean, hey, it's a morning show, grab your coffee and come join us. Wake Up means wake the hell up. Get your head out of your ass and listen to more than the mainstream media. Listen to more than the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine. So I'm inclined to keep wake up. I'll talk to management, see what they think. Um, I don't think they'll care. But uh, maybe next week on the last Saturday morning show, we'll put that question out there. Because I think I'm going to go guest-free and just spend some time talking with you. And um, and maybe we'll talk about names for the show and then I'll ask my wife, and she'll tell me what I'm actually going to do. We, we shall see. But um, it's 10.31. We're going to get back to your full lines here in just one second. But um, I did just connect with Dick Morris. He'll be joining us at the top of the hour. Looking forward to that. He's got a new book out. Uh, he believes Donald Trump will be running for sure. He thinks Donald Trump will be indicted. Um, he's got some thoughts about Mar-a-Lago, et cetera. Some things we disagree on as well. Should be a fascinating interview at 11 o'clock. And then I've confirmed Tig Tigan will join us uh, and we'll talk again about the Salute to America's Heroes event tonight, 5 to 10 at Infinity Park Event Center, emceed by my good buddy Stefan Tubbs, Bernie Carrick, featured speaker. Tig will be there. Uh, we had Cindy Dietz on, Gold Star Mom of Danny Dietz, uh, Dave Bray providing the music. He's a Navy vet. And you can get $50 tickets, way discounted here on the last day. For this very important event that is putting their resources together to help veterans in trouble, prevent suicides, etc. You can get the cheaper tickets if you call Debbie at this phone number, 303-746-8195, 303-746-8195. It's tonight. Don't waste any time. Let's get back to the phones with Marshall on line three. Marshall, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Randy. This is Marshall Dawson. I'm running for Congress out of Colorado's too. Yeah, I saw and you I, last Saturday. Thank you, sir. That's right. Yeah, I, I wanted to just call and say thank you for coming up. Um, I don't know how many people know this about you, but you are a terrific MC. Uh, you were just so professional and ran a great show. Uh, I just wanted to call and give you kudos, Randy. Well, it was tremendous fun. And of course, we were outside in a tent on this beautiful farm in massively pouring rain, and it didn't put a damper on anything. The only thing it did was it cost us the flyover. And people, you know, spent more right. time under the tents. But the event was extraordinary. It was the Boulder County Republicans Lincoln Day dinner. And I was just so honored to be up there. Had some um, had some um, liquor, I, we should say, and cigars <laughs> afterwards when my work was done with uh, old friends from LPR and others. And it uh, just made some great connections. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for that, Marshall. I appreciate it. Well, you're, you're so welcome. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to address the crowd there. 
Um, Boulder County actually is my home county. I, I live in Longmont. So uh, that was kind of a rare opportunity to, to feel like I was at home again. I've been all over the district traveling and, and meeting people and speaking. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, to call and, and give you kudos for that and props. And, uh, you know, thank you for what you're doing for the Republican Party. I, I know that it's sometimes a thankless job. Um, but the service that you do being the national committee man, Randy, I think you're doing just a great job. So thank you. Well, it's an interesting position to be in, uh, to be sort of, you know, considered to be now part of this establishment, but really be the outside right. Tea Party activist and finding right. more and more people just like me on the RNC. It's very, very heartening. And Marshall, as long as we've got you, why don't you give your website uh, where people can learn more about your effort to make the Colorado State Senate? Because we have a shot to flip the Senate in spite of Kevin Priola's traitorous activity. Actually, he finally just took the mask off, came out and identified himself as who he really is. Um, But we've still got a shot at the Senate. Your race is crucial in that regard. How can people find out more about and help you? Well, I, I hate to uh, I hate to correct the host, and and uh, that's, you know that's one of the things we never like to that's do. That's all right. Go ahead. I'm running, I, I'm running for Congress, so I, I'm running to uh, represent Colorado's second congressional district in Washington. Uh, this is the third largest that we have in Colorado. It uh, spans from the the tips of Weld County, where Erie and Longmont uh, mainly extend over. We have 11 counties total: um, Boulder County, parts of Larimer, uh, Jackson, Route, Eagle, Grand, Clear Creek, Summit. Um, and uh, a little tip of Jefferson. It's, uh, it's eleven counties total. Yeah, it's it's huge. Um, and who holds the, who the holds website. the seat right now? Uh, you know, they 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 tell you never to say your opponent's name, but it's it's funny. Um, he doesn't have hardly any name recognition either. It's Joe Nagoose. So, oh yeah, uh, Joe Nagoose, and and you know, it has makes a habit of of voting Joe Biden's way one hundred percent of the time. So if you don't like what's going on in the in this country right now then look for my name on the ballot. And thanks for asking about the website. It's DawsonForCongress.com, D-A-W-S-O-N, DawsonForCongress.com. Excellent, Marshall. Thank you. And no problem with the correction. I, I When it comes to names and stuff, there were a lot of people there the other night, too. So, um, but By thank- the way, I have met some great Senate candidates uh, on the campaign trail. Uh, so, it, you know, as long as we vote Republican up and down the ballot, uh, I think as long as you're within uh, reach of this radio station to hear this voice, uh, you can vote safely up and down the ballot for that Republican ticket. Well, we have some terrific candidates out there. Very important that you say that. In the first hour, we had Trevor Loudon on the show, and I asked him about you know people on, on my side of the right struggling with a candidate like Joe O'Day. And Trevor, because of his positions on life and, and uh, mm-hmm. perhaps bigger government at times, but uh, Trevor Loudon made it very clear. In the primary, we fight for the conservative uh, but now that we're in the general, it's the fight against communists, and that means elect Republicans, not Democrats. And, uh, that's and right. That's a big picture that everybody needs to remember. So, well, Marshall, good luck, and thanks. I'm glad you were able to get in this morning. Take good care. Thanks, Randy. Talk to you soon. All right, Marshall's line is open, 303-696-1971. 303-696-1971. Frank is on the line. Is this Frank in Denver? Yes, yes. Right. Hey, I got a nomination for your for your new show. I assume it's a three hour show. I think it may be two hours initially because there's a show that is a paid for show in uh, at eight o'clock that hasn't expired, hasn't run its course yet. Yeah, that's so. J.B. Wells. You ever listen to him? I have not. He is quite an interesting character. He's the great nephew of Orson Welles, oh. and he's a historical kind of guy. He brings on some old military type type guys and some good people that are up on on uh, alternative thinking you know probably uh 
conspiracy thinking, but, you know, he makes a lot of valid points. I think it's worth listening to him sometime. I was going to give you a nomination for a name for your new show, though, and it would be <laughs> Prepare to Wake Up with Randy, <laughs> because you would be preparing to take these thoughts to bed with you, and I always appreciate your balance, uh, uh, waiting for the uh, all the stuff to come in before you make a decision, and I'd like to, uh, you know, somehow start a balance sheet for, you know, for and against Trump and for and against the the Dems, the crazy stuff they do. They're accusing Trump of all these things. And, you know, but these uh, papers that he had, some of which he put personal notes on, do you not think that's his personal property that he had decensored before it was carried out maybe for future books or future uh, library? And all Wait, that stuff. When you say decensored, do you mean declassified? I mean declassified, yeah. Uh, yeah. The sole arbiter, the sole determinator of what's classified and what isn't. And if you notice in the heavily redacted affidavit, they talk about finding uh, documents that were marked, that had classification marks on them. They don't refer to actually classified documents. And they're so careful what they were willing to release on this affidavit. I guess what I was wanting to do is put that on one side of the scales of justice and then put on the other side all the illegal things that the Democrats do all the time by leaking things to the media to bias the public. I mean, it's just disgusting. Uh, it's never even. They they totally make use of the media uh, for their own purposes, and it's never criticized or critiqued. It's always presented in their uh, their left-leaning light. You're absolutely right, Frank, and I appreciate the. I've made a note of the suggestion for the new show, which starts September 10th at 5 p.m. on Saturdays. Peter Boyles will be moving into this slot, 9 to noon, and uh, and we'll see what my wife approves, man, because you know i got to run it past Mama. Okay, thanks a lot. God bless you, Frank. Text messages coming in on my phone, from uh, even from Pittsburgh, Kansas. Helen, good morning. Thank you. Thank you very much for your kind words, and I'm glad that you too will be listening on Saturday nights. I haven't had anybody write in and say, nope, nope, that's it, not listening. But remember, if sat, if you got stuff going on Saturday nights, like I will be at races now, uh, Saturday mornings with Grandkid. Next, the first Saturday I'm not doing 9 to noon, I'll be at the uh, Loveland uh, Classic Car Auction. Uh, which I haven't been able to attend in a long time. Last time I was there, I came home with a 1930 Chevy Roadster that is pretty cool, convertible, yellow, all original. Uh, it was an amazing buy. It was it was just a complete impulse buy because the bidding never went up, and I thought I was maybe buying a pig and a poke, but I'm a mechanic. Turns out I was right about the car and wrong about worrying about it. It's really, really cool. Some of you saw it at the Shenango Auto Auction or the Shenango Auto Classic Car Show just, um, what was it, two or three weeks ago on August the 7th. So um, that's going to be fun. That's what I'll be doing on September the 10th uh, in the morning and then uh, and listening, of course, to 710KNUS. Uh, but so many of these Saturdays now are race day for my three-year-old dirt bike racing grandson, and it's going to be nice to be freed up to do that. I think the nights are going to be great. We shall see. And so far, a lot of listeners plan to come along and that is awesome as well. Okay, we've still got tons of calls, but uh, I've got a lot of audio I need to share with you. So what I'd like to do is take our break now. When we come back, we'll get into this John Solomon um, interview, his commentary, and then uh, I've got some perspective from the 
FBI whistleblower that John Solomon spent a good amount of time with, and we will talk about that. It all pertains to the raid on Mar-a-Lago, and we'll do that next here on 710 KNUS. My trombone playing days, back in high school, I was the only um, freshman they ever let on our award-winning jazz band at Prospect High School. The only one, at least up to that time, who knows since. Probably had uh, flute players who I self-identify as trombone players on the band now. I don't know. But you can go ahead and get rid of the music. The um, didn't last very long because I got in a fight with the band director, got thrown off the band, and probably that was the primary reason I dropped out of high school in my freshman year. Because really the only reason I was going was I was enjoying doing the music, the marching band, the concert band, and the jazz band. But uh, that's a sad story and saga for another day. I do want to make sure and apologize to the callers, 303-696-1971. But I want to make sure that you hear uh, this amazing interview that Steve Bannon did with John Solomon the other day. John Solomon was the former uh, executive and editor-in-chief at the Washington Times, uh, been a regular contributor on Fox News and Newsmax and elsewhere, and he opened up his own thing. It's called Just the News, and here's what he had to say about the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Well, listen, I've been interviewing lots of FBI folks, lawyers. Uh, the first thing that comes to everyone's mind who's looked at this with a, a, an honest, neutral uh, look at it, the uh, FBI said they were trying to establish that the president was in unlawful possession of classified documents, but the redact- unredacted parts don't make that case at all. We have one of the former FBI bosses under Bob Mueller is going to be coming on our show in a little bit. He's going to tell everybody this is a criminalization of a document dispute, and the FBI did not meet its standard for a search warrant. That's an FBI. Yes, indeed. The second thing that jumps out, you just mentioned it, uh, Steve. They're using news articles again as evidence to uh, uh, validate something going after Donald Trump. This is something the inspector general during the Russia collusion review, sharply criticized. They quoted, remember, they famously quoted a Yahoo News article saying, hey, this backs up um, uh, Christopher Steele. Turns out Christopher Steele was the leaker of that article. Yeah, no, duh. In places we can't. That's a big thing. And the third one, I think, that jumps out to a lot of people as they go through this, the, uh, the idea from start to finish that the president's rival, the former president's rival, Joe Biden, is the guy that starts this investigation, waives the president's privilege, This is a Joe Biden-driven criminal investigation against the man he suspects is going to run against him in 2024. We can't lose sight of that. I'll mention one other language thing that I think is very important. In both the letter I broke Monday, where you saw Biden uh, Biden, uh, waiving the privilege, and in the affidavit today, they never call these classified documents. You know what they say? Documents with classified markings, leaving open the very possibility they know they may have been declassified. Markings, markings, markings. So that's John Solomon, and uh, really interesting to me. I did not have time to uh, get audio together for you of the interview he later did on his own podcast with the former uh, retired assistant FBI director, Kevin Brock. But, um, but just yesterday he told John Solomon on a different podcast that uh, and by the way, Brock has always been a, a strong defender of the FBI, and uh, uh, as he should be, he was the assistant director. But he believes that they are going to rue the day; they are going to regret doing 
what they said. And since I couldn't get it recorded, I'll just tell you what he said. I will caveat all this by saying we can only see what we can see. But the first thing that jumped out to me is that the probable cause statement focuses on the nature of the documents and where they are. But it doesn't, at least in the unredacted portion, address the main element of the criminal federal statutes that they cite. The FBI should not have participated in this investigation. It is something that needs to be settled along established routes in that regard that we traditionally used. He's talking about the the negotiations that always went back and forth between the archivists and um, finished presidents, or in this case, resting presidents as we get ready for the second term. Barack Obama is still in disputes with the archivists over documents and what he needs to return and what's going in his library. Richard Nixon fought those battles for decades over documents that he wanted to keep and eventually wound up in his library. But um, there was no need, back to the quote, there was no need for law enforcement involvement in this. And there was certainly no need for an invasive search of the residents. I think they're going to regret this. From what I can see, that is not established in the probable cause. And there's an allusion to the argument from the Trump advocates that the former president has was, was in his authority uh, that typo's in the transcript, not me, has was within his authority to declassify and to establish what a presidential record is. Asked if he were still in the FBI whether he would have authorized the search warrant, Brock answered, no, frankly, not. And it's puzzling to a lot of folks who have been involved in search warrants for such more for much more serious disputes in white-collar crimes where these things are settled in attorneys' offices. And you don't have to go in with an invasive search, contrary to the attorney general's statement during his press conference that they've exhausted all other means. And the interview goes on and on and on. It's just fascinating. And, you know, it's funny to me when people like John Solomon, and we hear this, because I just don't really buy it. I don't think anybody believes that Joe Biden is going to survive uh, mentally. I hope he'll be alive, I imagine. But what is going to survive, I don't know, he keeps getting COVID after two vaxes and multiple boosters and wearing his mask, walking alone in the hot sun to his helicopter. But I digress. Uh, I don't think he's going to run for a second term. I, nobody his popularity is so low, you have to actually crawl down in the dirt and then dig a hole to find it. So, but he may, maybe in his deluded mind, he thinks he's going to be running, or maybe he just thinks he's taking out the opposition for whoever the Democrat replacement is for Joe Biden in 2024. Regardless, clearly a politicized choice, clearly criminalizing the justice system. Uh, or the politicizing the justice system and trying to make criminal things that don't appear to be criminal. Obviously, the vast majority of this affidavit is redacted. More to come. Um, Dick Morris thinks that President Trump will be indicted, and we're going to talk to him about that here in just a few minutes. I'll look forward to that conversation. Hope you'll stick around for it. But uh, the timing of this thing, the the magistrate judge who issued the warrant who had recused himself from Trump v. Clinton, who represented uh, Epstein colleagues and cohorts, who on his own social media, that's the reason he recused, talked about his disdain for Donald Trump, yet he issued this warrant and gave them up to two weeks to execute it. I think it was maybe 11 days, but close to two weeks to execute this emergency warrant. And 
the Biden administration waited months and months and months until we got done with the January 6th show trial, at least some of it, the first round, and got closer to elections, got past the primaries. They saw that Donald Trump won virtually every primary he played in. And so they've got to find another way to stop him. It is remarkable. Let's try and squeeze in a quick call with Lewis in Aurora. Been waiting a long time. Lewis, thank you. Got to keep it quick. Yeah, brother. Hey, uh, you read the whole affidavit? I did. Whatever you can read. Yeah, I've got it right in front of me. How how many times did it mention President Trump? Because I was listening to Jay Sekulow uh, yesterday, and they said they don't mention his name. They mention executive staffs. Well, they do mention his name uh, in the, on the first page, um, and then there's a part of the unredacted portion of this affidavit is a post, uh, Save America post from President Donald Trump, Trump, which has his name on it twice. But it's the only time his name shows up in the whole entire thing. Uh, they do talk about representatives, and I, it's just a bunch right. of to you know. It's one thing if. Well, I I can't even go there. This is a former and future president of the United States. And so to take this kind of unprecedented election action just before an election shows you how desperate these people are to try and stop stop the America First MAGA movement. And so – Well, and also I want to say I think they want to discredit him. Because he got, what, 92% of the candidate that he endorsed got elected? And I think they're trying to discredit them also along with him. 100%, Lewis. Got to go. Thanks for waiting and thanks for the call. Really do appreciate it. 303-696-1971. We are going to get to our break because we've got Dick Morris standing by on the other side. Should be a fascinating interview. Final hour of Wake Up with Randy Corcoran on this particular Saturday morning. Stay with us on 710 KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 